Welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It is good. I'm just, I'm enjoying this new chair in my office so much. And I know I sit farther back now, but I don't care. It's so much more comfortable. You have no idea the bullshit I've been sitting on for hundreds of episodes. Mm-hmm. Now well, I'm as fabulous feature. Yeah. I, I, that's something I need to work on. I spend so many hours in this office chair and it's just, whew. See, yeah. me too. And I so was I'm like, glad you have a wonderful chair. Other than that, yeah. I'm really good. I am loving this cooler weather. Mm-hmm. I got an entire night's sleep last night because night before last, our neighbors turned on some dumb light that shone in our bedroom all night. I couldn't sleep. Tossed and all night. Didn't get to sleep till like three o'clock in the morning. I was furious. Next morning, I figure out what they've done. They have, there is a like a clip desk lamp clipped to the fence that is sort of our across our shared sort of property between our houses. What the yeah. desk lamp clipped up there turned on, and that light is going right in our bedroom. They had been out there doing something that, that, that night. Uh-huh. And they never turned the effing thing off all night. Oh, so I kept watching it all day yesterday. Like, it's still on. Shit. Man, your neighbors have been on. something lately. Yeah. These neighbors have been something. So uh, I'm like, we got to do something about that light. And Rhonda's like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I was really hoping you'd go over there and tell them to turn it off. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I was furious. I'm like, I'm pissed. I don't want to get in a fight with them, but I'm mad. So she went over there and knocked on the door. No one answered. Mm -hmm. So she just walked over to the light, turned it off. Oh, well, there's that. And I might have flipped it from the fence and thrown it into their yard, but. I know. I was considering driving over it in their driveway or something. I don't know if someone just just put it up there and didn't realize it. Yeah, just went away. People steal stuff in this neighborhood all the time. So no big shocker. I don't know, but last night I slept a solid night with no neighbor Excellent. interruption. It was great. So I'm good. Well, good. Those guys just need to cool it over there. It's a little too I much. I mean, what is going on with the desk lamp clipped to the fence? What? Mm-hmm. Bizarre. I have to say, I have the best next door neighbors. I don't do. know them. Lucky. They don't know us. We wave on the street occasionally. One time we had a shared conversation about a tree that's in between us that was causing a little trouble that we gladly cut down. They're wonderful. I don't need to have BFFs with my neighbors, but I hate having trouble with them too. That's the worst. But these guys are the best because they just do their thing and we do ours and we're all real comfortable with that. And that's the best neighbor to have. I mean, I know some of you guys have neighbors that you're like really good friends with that you take care of each other. And I think that's amazing too. I am just a lot more introverted and private and just want my neighbors to leave me alone. And these guys, I I think they're the same. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I would like it to be. But unfortunately, these neighbors, their lives bleed into our house 
with their noise mm-hmm. and their lights and stuff regularly. But this mm-hmm. one was like, I'm like, I'm That's way get over a the top. <laughs> go to yeah. go at that light with it. So Rhonda's my hero as usual. Cool headed, mm-hmm. went right over there, dealt the problem. She but is cool like that. Mm-hmm. She is for sure. Because yeah. I, I was going to be mad because I was furious about it. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a conundrum about what to do today's episode about because there is right. a bunch of stuff going on right now in the true crime world. Like I'm saying a bunch. But beyond that, a lot of it could be a Wednesday night case update, you know, to cases that we've already covered. Right. And so, and it's Wednesday. So why do, you know, why reinvent the wheel? But there's a lot of other things. So anyway, long story short, that led There's us quick to... stories we can tell. Yeah. Let us to a roundup. This is one of my favorite episodes, to be honest. We get six stories in, and they're ones that we might come back to later and expand on, and maybe not. But it always gets interesting when we turn each other loose to find three stories that have nothing to do with the stories we're looking at. And whew, sometimes no. we overlap, and somebody has to go back to the drawing board. But today, <laughs> not we didn't. So <laughs> no, not at all. It works. So we're gonna get going. So Christy, I'm gonna let you. You kick us off with some WTF crime. Yes. You all know we talk about sex trafficking on this show. Real sex trafficking. And when I see fake stuff going around on social media, to the point that the media and the police have to come out and say, this is a hoax, it makes me so fucking mad because it takes the effort and the energy away from real actual sex trafficking and how it works and how what's happening. Okay. So we had another of those in the news recently and I wanted to talk about it because this one is a hoax. This, I don't know why it's always about kids getting abducted from Walmart, but I have seen this hoax go around and I would frankly mm-hmm. like to is writing up this bullshit and slap the shit out of them because mm-hmm. all this does is create more fear, but it does not create more knowledge about sex trafficking. Okay. Right. So there's this Facebook post. Isn't there always this Facebook post? It's about somebody who says their friend's husband took his kids to Walmart and his daughter wandered to another aisle. And it says, he had a gut feeling that he needed to go get her. There's always something like this in these stories, right? Yes, always. And that when he got there, he saw a man in a trench coat, a trench coat, friends, yeah, picking her up and leaving the store. So apparently the guy supposedly had a broken foot, so he couldn't run after them. So he's yelling at the man in the trench coat so that the Walmart employees run out and tackle him, and then they call the police. Have you heard a version of this? So many times. It's out on Facebook again. So it says that police came, found that here's where you know. They came out here from Mexico to sex traffic all of the surrounding areas and lists all of the little towns in our area. First of all, Mm -hmm. it's always going to have a racist component every fucking time. Now, can sex traffickers be from Mexico? Yes. Can of they be they white? Would, but... 100%. Can they yeah. be black? Yes. Can they be from anywhere? Yes. But it's always going to have some weird racist component. And here, 
the most racist mm -hmm. component you'll find is to say that someone's from Mexico, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So this post has been all over social media. The police are like, we have absolutely no reports of anything like this at all. So please pass, stop passing this around. This just mm -hmm. takes our time and attention away from actual real incidents that do happen. And the police chief here said, if something like this were to actually happen and there was a danger to the public, we'd be contacting the media to get more information out to keep people safe. Like we're not yeah. keeping things like this a secret, right? If something like that were happening, the public safety is the utmost concern to us. We'd want to put something out there that uh, like if that were happening, uh, we'd want to put something out immediately. And obviously we'd be all hands on deck to get this stopped as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Newsflash, not happening. Mm -hmm. This pisses me off because, well, for so many reasons, but one of the main reasons that this bothers me so much is that sex trafficking doesn't necessarily happen like this. I'm not saying that it doesn't. It could. Could it happen like this? Sure. Sure. But it always is someone from another country coming into our country mm -hmm. to take our children. It takes the, the responsibility off the actual people committing real sex trafficking, which is people within our very own country, often right. parents or family members of the children who mm -hmm. are knowingly involved. This is not a, we can pass it off on the boogeyman from another country or from someone we're super racist about because they're always the bad guy. No, bullshit. This mm -hmm. is happening in our communities. And often sex trafficking is not happening through abduction. It is right. happening through children being sold into some kind of trafficking in which they come home at night and then they go mm -hmm. back to school in the morning, if you can believe it. Those kinds of things are much more real when family members, family friends are involved. The mm -hmm. kidnapping brings attention to the action. It is much safer for sex trafficking to be done behind closed doors where no child actually goes missing. And that's yeah. something I think we all need to be aware of is that there's certainly risk avoidant with sex trafficking. And so if they can get parents who are willing to make a little extra dough here and there, it does happen. We have covered those cases over and over and over again. And should you be letting your little kids wander to the next aisle without you in, a, in Walmart? No. No. Right. That. Parent no. Your, your children. Take good care of them. Yeah. Obviously, and, in public places. But this yeah. kind of narrative, which I have heard and seen debunked by our local news many times over the last few mm -hmm. years, damaging because it gives people this idea of what sex sex trafficking is that is completely wrong mm -hmm. and so takes the responsibility off our own communities and parents and you know we're, everyone's safe as long as they're not in walmart with mexicans from in trench coats i mean come on right yeah it anyway, is so i want to share this case because it really fucking pissed me off because i just get tired right. of of hearing this stuff so anyway mm -hmm. I'll get that off my good one. It's good to remember. It is. It's super important. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to kick it back to you for our crime news update. Yes. This is a case that uh, 
I don't know if we've ever covered. And if we haven't, I don't know why we haven't covered it because it's mm. local. It's happened in West Yellowstone. So West oh, Yellowstone boy. is at the Western uh, entrance of the park, West of Yellowstone Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, to us, it's about an hour away from us. We've been in West mm-hmm. a million times. Yes. Uh, wonderful little town, typically. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, the uh, there was a 911 call that there was a 12-year-old that had passed away, essentially. Um, there were a lot of lies told. A lot oh, of yes. lies. But essentially, there was a 12-year-old little boy who had died on the floor in his grandparents' living room. His name was James Alex Hurley. He went by Alex, so I'm going to call him Alex. They lived at Hebgen Lake uh, in West Yellowstone. Hebgen Lake is a lake that our dad cherished fishing at, went there all the time. This is an area we're very well familiar with. So there were multiple stories told about what happened to Alex, but when the authorities started an autopsy on Alex, they discovered that Alex had been horrifically abused uh, for some time. Lots of old injuries healing, things like broken bones, like lots of old injuries that had healed or partially healed, lots of new injuries. I mean, this kid was just, had been brutalized for some time. And he lived with his grandma and his grandpa. His aunt, Madison, who was 19 at the time, and his uncle, who was a teenager at the time. Well, as the story finally started to roll out, what becomes more and more obvious is that this entire family had been abusing this kid in horrific ways, including withholding food and sleep, uh, a lot of emotional abuse. There were a lot of videos that they had made on their phones of their abuse. So it wasn't hard to bust them because they had lots of proof of what they did to poor Alex. Uh, Alex's dad was deceased. He had died about a year and a half before Alex did. And Alex's mother lived in Texas and I think may have had some substance abuse issues. There were some issues here and that's why he'd ended up with grandma and grandpa. But mm-hmm. grandma and grandpa were monsters and had created this hellscape for Alex that he couldn't escape from. And that this is a much bigger story than I'm going to be able to tell today, but I, that's the foundation of it. So there were a lot of charges filed. Thank goodness. I really, you have to give the Gallatin County Sheriff's Office a huge thumbs up because they really did their due diligence here. There, there was no way in hell they were going to let this go unreport or, you know, under the rug in any way. I mean, they charged everybody. They charged grandma. They charged grandpa. They charged the uncle that was a teenager at the time. They charged the aunt who was 19 at the time. And they charged another teenager that was a friend who was at the house helping abuse him. And they convicted all of them. Well, today, uh, or, or this week, the final conviction came down, and it is for grandma. 
Oh, her wow. name is Patricia Batts. And, and Patricia had pled not guilty and was set to go to trial. And sometime around May, she changed her plea to guilty, which she may as well have because everybody else has already been convicted. The daughter, their daughter, Madison, had actually taken a plea deal uh, in uh, exchange for testifying against her parents in the things that they had done to Alex. And all the video evidence, like, there was pleading not guilty was, you know, just to be an asshole at this point. So at any rate, uh, she was finally sentenced. And she was sentenced to over 100 years in prison. Wow. Good. Prosecutors said she subjected Alex to a brutally hostile environment. She uh, didn't protect him, also took part in the beatings that he received. She spoke at the sentencing and said, I regret not being the grandmother Alex should have had. Oh, go fuck yourself, Patricia. Are you kidding? Jesus, lady. So her husband, James, oh, it's, I'm sorry, James got 100 years in prison, uh, but she also uh, is in prison. So Madison actually just received probation. Uh, The teenage uncle, he actually took a plea deal for deliberate homicide and got put in the and then when he turns 18, we'll have adult probation. That was very concerning um, because it sounds like he might have adult actually probation. issued. Sounds like he may have actually issued the death blow. His The final injury that killed this boy was a kick to the back of the head. Oh, my God. They had a, also a wooden paddle that everybody in the house hit him with, including the friend. And that's why the friend got uh, charges as well, because... Uh, I had a friend coming over to the house and beating this kid up. What in the hell? What kind of depraved, disgusting human beings would do something like that? Mm -hmm. One thing they would do is they'd make him sit in front of multiple fans, uh, mostly naked, and spray him down with spray bottles. Oh, God. Uh, Freeze him to death. Freeze him out. Uh, They frequently didn't allow him to eat. Uh, one thing that James Bat said is that, uh, or, or sorry, that Grandma said is that Hurley drove her nuts. His behavior was increasingly problematic after Dad died, and that he was just a real problem at their house. So a grieving yeah, okay. child mm-hmm. is acting out. Oh, yeah. shocker. What? Mm-hmm. My God. Madison at some point told a boyfriend that... Uh, Alex was a piece of shit off of her fucking shoe, and he really should go die in the woods. And that pretty much sums it up. That's unreal. That's how he was treated. So I'm glad to see that. Well, Gen Pop Women's Prison? Let's hope. So, Grandma, you're in prison for the rest of your life where you belong. They all are. Yeah, except for, I don't know, the uncle, the fact that he... I know he was a teenager, but the fact that he was directly involved with the death of this kid, it worries That's me that the sentence he had was not nearly enough, but uh, I'm sure that was Montana law. So it is what it is. But grandma and grandpa will never see the light of day again. I mean, good, but, but 
uh, per normal, every time I read about this case, my heart just bleeds for Alex. He never deserved. I think we didn't cover it because it was so graphic and violent that it was hard mm -hmm. to want to. So I remember the story. Yep. That's just horrifying. My God. Yep. So hopefully we can put a pin in it now and say justice for Alex. Um, his mother submitted a statement to the court, but didn't have it read aloud and has just had to go through her own grief cycle over all of this. And so all of our love to her and to his family. And I know that was a very condensed uh, story versus what everything that happened. And so I would encourage you guys, if you're interested to go seek this story out, but uh, yeah, justice for Alex. No, I'm glad they'll never see the light of day. Yep. So with that, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you for some weird crime. Yes. Maybe. So I really thought that this was going to be a Florida case. <laughs> Colorado which is just, let's talk about Martha Crouch here for a moment. But yeah, this, I had to check. I'm like, is this a Florida? No, weird. This oh, is Martha Crouch. Martha Crouch has a history of abusing her children and abusing animals. She is not oh. a person in the least, but recently she tried to fake her death. Oh God, more, so, more of this. Yeah, but this was like the most half-assed death faking I've heard of in a long time. So, <laughs> what, are you husband, saying that she needed to take some hints from Nick Alaverdian? I, you know, I mean, if you're going to try it, at least learn from the best. He got away with it for quite a while. Uh, so <laughs> last week, Martha's husband Timothy Crouch was found dead in front of their family home in Walsenburg, Colorado. Oh, dear. He apparently collapsed and had difficulty breathing before he died. So a heart attack okay. or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, when police were called, they spoke to one of uh, Martha's adult children. Okay. Who said that Martha was dead, that the, her mother was dead, and, you know, they didn't need to go looking for her. Wink, wink, wink. Oh, Lord. And so they go look in the house anyway, because the police aren't stupid, right? Yeah. And what they find almost immediately is a false wall in the kitchen. Okay. And guess who's okay. crouched behind the ball, false wall? <laughs> Old Martha Crouch and her 14-year-old daughter. So oh. why was Martha Crouch crouching behind the false wall? Because Martha has an outstanding felony warrant in New Mexico for violating her probation on child abuse charges. So she had a false wall to hide out because she was avoiding police and then her husband dies in the front yard and guess who gets called? Police. Wow. There's some terrible stories about the things that have happened in the past that I am not going to share because they are really bad. So wait, the husband wasn't murdered. He just like legit died. He just died. Natural causes it looks like heart attack or something. Okay. Uh, apparently. It's hard to Martha, believe at this point. <laughs> I know. The whole thing is hard to believe. But Martha apparently had, you know, been preparing in case the police came for her to have a place to hide. So she had a false wall. 
I mean, she's on oxygen. Mm-hmm. Do you think the oxygen cord was like trailing out from behind the false wall? That's all I can think. Is like she's <laughs> probably. This is terrible. Oh, I dear God. But I'm just like, what? So she was. Oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. Ooh. Yeah. So she had violated probation in New Mexico. So there was a warrant out for her arrest. So then she was not living in Colorado. Um. So she faced uh, felony child abuse and extreme cruelty to animals in 2019. I'm not going to tell you that story because it is not a story I even wanted to read, let alone share with you guys. Oh, my God. Um, How does she still have custody of any of those kids? Because she ran with her husband. Oh, and then whatever found him. God. They did. Well, he was in custody for a time as well. Um, Mm. But at one, you know, and several of the kids are adults now. Yeah. Um, But the but she was hiding with her 14 year old. But uh, I don't know. All I know that is. That just makes me feel so sorry for the 14 year old who. Right? Can you imagine? Was roped into this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. dad just died. Right. So those kids are These dealing kids with seriously. Fact that dad abused. died. Yeah. yeah. Oh my so god. So mom's brilliant plan to fake her death was to hide behind a fake wall in the kitchen. Good news, mm-hmm. police found her. Probably had that oxygen cord hanging out. You know, I'm I'm just saying. Probably. And uh she's now in custody for Good. if you go look her up, I mean, have a strong stomach if you're going to to look up her story. I'm not gonna tell you what she did because it is horrendous. But wow. all I have to say is I'm damn glad that she's bad at faking her death and the police have got a hold of her now. Because Excellent. she should not be around other living beings ever, ever, ever again. And thanks to the police of Colorado, she won't. And hopefully this will give her kids a chance to break the cycle and find something better. I genuinely hope so. Yes, because the best thing they could do is all get the hell out of there before it ever gets out of prison mm-hmm. or jail. Oh, wow. What a story. But yeah, if you want to look it up, do. But I'm just going to say it's one of the worst, one of the worst cases I've ever read. Yeah, that's saying so, a lot. With that, we're going to kick it back over to you. Oh, for some more WTF crime because that's apparently all that's happening these days. You're familiar with the Dunning Kruger effect. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially that uh, the dumber you are, the smarter you may think you are. In yeah, a really small, it's a larger philosophy, but that's kind of the crux of it. You know, that people who mm-hmm. least think that they know the most. And, but have you ever wondered where this effect came from or where this philosophy came from? Hmm. I, I do not know where it came from, so I'm excited to learn. Well, boys and girls, be prepared for the origin story. <laughs> I need to introduce you to this gentleman right here. This is MacArthur Wheeler. And MacArthur Wheeler, in 1995, decided that he was going to rob some banks in Pittsburgh. Okay. Does this look like a bank robber to you? Um... Yeah, I mean, bank robbers are some of the dumbest criminals on the planet, so. They actually are. We've we ascertained it. that over the last few years, haven't we? We have, yeah. McWheeler didn't cover 
Walker's face at all. He oh. didn't do anything to disguise himself. He hit two banks and the police were able to get his image off of CCTV and get it on the nightly news that very day. And before the night was over, they were knocking on his door. He was flabbergasted. Dumbfounded, even. He couldn't believe it. You know why? Really? Well, he thought his face was invisible. <laughs> what? <laughs> he thought his face was invisible? <laughs> he thought his face was invisible to CCTV. He didn't think that the cameras, there's even footage of him staring right up into the cameras. Think back to when we were kids. And when you wanted to write a secret note to, or a spy note or something, what did you use? Invisible ink. Or lemon juice. Lemon right? juice, yeah. You could use lemon yeah. juice and a toothpick and scratch out little notes because mm -hmm. that was invisible ink that you could only see under a certain light. Well, McMaster mastered a really bad plan because he <laughs> thought that if he covered his face in lemon juice, he could go rob banks and there would be no evidence of it because CCTV would not be able to see his face. <laughs> so the police were like, holy shit, what have we got on our hands here? So the, is this guy high? Turned out, no. Is he mentally ill, maybe? Not at all. He was just a dumbass and thought that that just was true. stupid. Mm -hmm. He thought that because you could do that with lemon juice and a black light on a paper, that his face would be the same. Uh, he, didn't he didn't even think to test it out prior. <laughs> Actually, he says that he did do it and took a Polaroid picture of his face and his face didn't show up. And it's the police have never flashed really I bet the flash yeah. lighted out his face. Remember how they used to yeah, happen in Polaroid? But that was his proof, and he was good to go and off to the races, Robin Banks. <laughs> I was just really, really freaking surprised this happened. I, he told the police, I wore the juice. And the police <laughs> say, What now? <laughs> He also told the police that uh, it makes more sense now because actually uh, the lemon juice really burned his eyes and made it hard to see anything. <laughs> I bet. I mean, it's not really recommended to put lemon juice all over your face, mm -hmm. dummy. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Smarty. So, from this, how does this fit into the Dunning and Kruger effect? Well, here's why. This made it into the 1996 World Almanac. This story did. Ah. And David Dunning, who was a Cornell psychology professor, saw this story and many others that had given him a bit of a theory about something kind of universal. Uh, the theory was that those most lacking in knowledge and skills are least able to appreciate that lack. <laughs> Which I think is the nicest way to say the dumb you are the smarter you think you are yes so, absolutely so mr dunning teamed up with a grad student named justin Kruger, and they decided to put the theory to the test 
So they created a series of experiments to test the premise. So they went around campus quizzing undergrad uh, psychology students. They, the test was on grammar, logic, and jokes. And then they asked the students to estimate what they thought their scores would be. And guess what? The students who scored the lowest estimated their scores the highest. <laughs> yeah, that sounds and about right. Students who scored the highest typically slightly underestimated how high they had scored. And this is where that phrase that you have all heard probably from time to time as the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> so now you know. I love this explanation. This is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stupid uh, so bank now robbers are my criminal of choice. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, now you know, in case you were ever wondering, no, lemon juice will not make your face invisible to a camera. <laughs> at all. I think I was safe from that false belief, but <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Do Holy you know? hell, that is funny. <laughs> well, with that, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you for some weird crime. Oh, no, weird. I had weird crime. You have WTF. I have creepy crime. Oh, I'm still off. Creepy crime. Oh, You know, we've got a lot of creepy men in the news lately. Let me introduce you to the latest mm-hmm. the man. Mm. The man who is the former sheriff of Blackley County in Georgia, Chris Cootie. Chris Cootie has pled Cootie. guilty. Cootie. Does it has cooties? As in C-O-O-D-Y. I don't know. Cootie. I'm saying Cootie. I'll accept it. Yeah. He has resigned and now pled guilty Mm -hmm. after groping a judge. Judge Glenda Hatchett. Yeah. That's not going to fly. uh, No. No. It did not fly for Judge Hatchett or the witnesses. So... This happened, this incident happened at the Renaissance Atlanta Waverly Bar. This was at a Georgia Sheriff's uh, Association winter meeting, and it was in January of 2022. So Judge Hatchett was at the conference um, as the guest of another sheriff, Thomas Brown, a former sheriff. And the incident happened as he introduced Judge Hatchett to Creepy Brown. Creepy, creepy cootie. Sorry, not creepy. Creepy cootie. Creepy Brown. Yeah. Creepy cootie. Cootie, creepy. I don't know. So here's what uh, Sheriff Brown said. He said, as I turned to my left to focus back on the two of them, I saw his hand go down on her left breast. I grabbed his arm, threw it off her chest, and basically said, what do you what do you fucking think you're doing? And that was the incident. But mm-hmm. the, the dude put his hand right on the judge's chest. Like, what the hell, dude? What the hell? So he Why would he be that close to her at all? Well, they were, like, 
like the other sheriff, Sheriff Brown was introducing Hatchet and Cootie to each other. Well, so I, know, but still, I guess why he was decided to shake to her boob instead of her hand? I don't Good know. God. So he's pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge of sexual battery. He's got a year of probation, a $500 fine, and 400 hours of community service. He was also sentenced to a psychosexual evaluation and alcohol and drug course. Uh, which is pretty standard if you plead guilty to a sexual battery charge. Uh Um, Let's just hear his position. Because, first of all, why do we have to? But no, let's do. This morning, (laughs) this is is Sheriff Cootie. This morning, I I pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge in Cobb County State Court. To be clear, I had no intent to touch... Ms. Hatchet inappropriately. Uh huh. Unfortunately, I acted in a careless manner. And for that, I have taken full responsibility for my actions. You guys, he's just a really nice guy who accidentally put his hands on the judge's boob. I mean, yeah. Additionally, I have resigned as the sheriff of Bleckley County. Yes, you have, jackass. Effectively, 8 a.m., August 21st. And as such, thereby forfeited the pension that is typically associated with that office. Well, oh, how generous good. of you. you! I'm sure that was on purpose too. Jackass. I'm sorry. You do not just accidentally lay your hand on a stranger's boob. No, you don't. No. It's just no. And and I mean, it was witnessed. And the guy, mm-hmm. you know, the the other sheriff, Sheriff Brown, was like, "What in the hell are you doing?" You know, and knocks his hand off. But yeah. like. I'm sorry, dude. I have never no. accidentally touched a guy's dick in my life. <laughs> nor have I touched one on purpose, but that's neither here nor there. You do not just touch people's bodies indiscriminately, accidentally. If you do, no. you bump them on the shoulder or brush against their arm or something. Mm-hmm. You don't just place your hand on somebody's tit accidentally. So mm-hmm. good on you, Cootie. Get the hell out. Bye, Cootie. Bye, Cootie. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Mm-hmm. And we're going to wrap this mess up with some more weird crime. <laughs> Guys, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but we've got another foot fondler. What? Mm-hmm. Not again. I am not joshing. This is for real. This is Mark Anthony Gonzalez. And oh, Mark worked at... Dear. Yep. I don't know if he worked at it, actually. Mark was at, for whatever reason, uh, Lake Tahoe. And, oh, he's from California. He was at Lake Tahoe. And he was... Uh, this is in Nevada. He was caught sneaking into through unlocked screen doors into this these little cabins or these little resort uh, condos. And while women were sleeping, fondling their feet. For Christ's sake, is nothing sacred? Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. That is so freaky. I mm-hmm. think I would, I've got kind of a long toenail right now. So maybe you could <laughs> do a little damage. You know, you wake up and right. climb good in the face. I don't know. Wow. I mean, it's a thought. Well, in this case, two separate women woke up and fought him off. 
and chased him away, but uh, called the police and he was uh, caught. Last time it was a man that was a hotel uh, manager and he was uh, fondling the feet of other men, sniffing them, actually sniffing them. Why? What? what? <laughs> Why? But in this case, Broken this news. was some uh, actual fondling going on. Uh, part of the problem that Gonzalez has is that it's not the first time he has been in trouble for foot mm -hmm. crimes. He's, He's been suspected of other crimes. Mm -hmm. He was known in the Atwater Merced uh, County area of California known to the police there for some things that he had done. And apparently he's been in trouble before for stealing women's shoes, more foot stuff, trespassing, and sexual gratification during some of these incidences. Was he beaten off in the women's shoes? Gross. What? Dude, just go to Goodwill, buy all the women's shoes you want, and go home and do that. In the privacy of your own homes, no one ever has to know. Oh, that's horrifying. But I I think he wanted to maybe know who the shoes came from. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Mark, uh, you need some help, bud. You need some help right this minute. And that's the thing. That's the concern of the police is that this behavior was obviously escalating, going from just stealing women's shoes uh -huh. to actually breaking into women's domiciles and fondling their feet i'm gonna say though you're staying at a resort and you leave the door unlocked what the hell is wrong it's 2023 why are yeah. you doing that you know why i mean you because don't deserve tahoe, to get your feet oh no but in that little area of tahoe it probably feels really safe it's really rural and people probably just feel really safe there uh, I get it from some standpoints, but from others, like, no, you can't. You have to lock the doors okay. wherever you are. No. Yeah. What in the hell? Also, because... talk about nightmares. Ugh. Yeah. Wake yeah. up to some strange guy fondling your feet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Gross. yeah. So the charges are burglary and battery. And uh, yeah. So that's what's up. Gross, Mark. Get the hell out, man. No. Get Here's out, Mark. Thing. Probably on Wish.com or Timu, you can order your very own set of fake feet to fondle all you want. There That's are solutions true. for these things. Right? Right? Yeah. But stop it. Knock it off. Knock mm -hmm. it off. Yeah. There was a case here years ago of a man that was breaking into people's houses while they were at church and stealing women's yeah. underwear and also gratifying himself uh, on yeah. said underwear, like on their beds and stuff. Ugh. What? Horrifying. Horrifying. Ugh. Gross. And with that guy, the first two or three times it happened, the courts were like, ah, he's a good kid. He just made a mistake. He's not going to do it again, right? Then he did. And then he did. And then he escalated again. And now he's in prison. And more yeah. people were victimized by him. So it's definitely true that when a pattern like this is escalating, there definitely needs to be some legal intervention to keep people safe. Right. Because what the You must protect the public. For sure. So oh, that is that.
Yeah. Well, thanks so no. much for being with us. Yeah. It uh that was uh that was a lot. That was You're welcome for all of this. <laughs> or we're sorry. Uh <laughs> or both. I don't know. Probably both. Probably both. We're gonna be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates. Ooh, you guys, there is some huge stuff going on. You do not want to miss this. It's big. So and some of it has to do with everybody's favorite lawyer, Mr. Dick Harputlian. Uh, <laughs> or, wait, I mean, nobody's favorite lawyer. <laughs> Mr. The Dick In the news Harputlian. again. Yeah, he is. And you will die laughing when you find out why. Uh, anyway, so that's all. So we'll be back. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Please take good care of yourselves. You deserve it. And I mean it. So. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody.